Good evening, Patriots. It is Monday, February 28th in the year 2022, just like it was in the previous show and just like it was in Bended Knee today. Hey, if you did not see get part of Bended Knee, you need to be part of Bended Knee. Every Monday through Saturday, well, except last Saturday when I was working on my Jeep and doing my winch and then forgot about Bended Knee and went up to the new Bart's headquarters, so that kind of fell apart. But Monday through Friday for sure, Saturdays might end up being once in a while an option, but we're going to try to make it Monday through Saturday every week at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and we come on and we talk a little bit of the normal talk, and then we do a prayer at 111 Pacific, and then we close out with a little more normal talk, and then we go on our way. So join us, because we're trying to make this thing worldwide, man. I want to shut down. I swear, this is, I seriously, I'm not kidding. I want to, I want to stop the world for like, five or seven minutes of prayer. I, I want. I would just love to see like traffic stop in the middle of freeways. Just people pull over. People in malls go to their knee and pray. It'd be so awesome. I think we can do it. it only took Gideon 300 to defeat a whole army. I think we can do the whole thing. Move the world to prayer. It'd be pretty good. Hey, before we begin tonight, mypillow.com forward slash bards is Bards Nation landing page on the MyPillow site. And you can head on over there to our MyPillow home page, if you will. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, for some incredible savings. All sorts of stuff going on right now. The classic MyPillows are way down. They're like 1990-something, 1998 or something like that. And we got the classic My Slippers, which are so comfy, 50% off. You've got sleepwear for men and women, 50% off. You have the Giza sheets. And I do not know what my Lindell's secret is on those Giza sheets, but they are mega comfortable. I'm not kidding either. Everybody that has them says the same thing. My parents have them. A lot, a lot of beat ads have them. I mean, people are like, they are crazy comfy, comfy. Check them out. They're down as low as $39.99 right now, which is awesome. Their comforters are awesome. I'm going to, for the new Bards Nation headquarters, we're going to put in a, we have a couple rooms in there. So we're, I mean, in the, in the main house. And so we're going to put in all my pillow bed, comforters, sheets, pillows. We're going to do the whole thing, my pillow. It's going to be great. So that's awesome. And anyway, head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bards. You can use it anywhere on the Frank Speech site. You can use it on the my pillow site and the my store site. And you will get incredible savings. Plus, this month and probably into then. Coming into March as well, you're going to get a free copy of Mike Lindell's book when you use your promo code, which is an incredible story about how an addict became one of America's greatest CEOs of our time. Seriously, and Patriot. All right, and then also The Founder's Bible. You all know Brad Cummings. He's the guy who was the editor for that. He's a great friend of mine. It is truly a, a blessed Bible for our time, and I'm serious about that. It's an NASB 1995 translation and with it is the Founders Documents Worked In. I love that Bible, and I love NASB 1995. And I was the ESV guy for so long, and I'm telling you, NASB is just, 1995 is rocking. So I really encourage you, even if, I mean, whether you get the Bible or not, do check that version out. I think it's the best. And so anyway, it's a, this is a heirloom quality Bible. It's printed on incredibly quality paper, and it's all printed in the United States. And if you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, on thefoundersbible.com, you'll get 20% off on those Bibles. 
You need one in your house. I'm serious. And if you're a homeschooler, I think I'm just going to have to do a show sometime just on the power of that Bible for homeschooling. And I'm very serious about this because I have, I gave one to a homeschooler for Christmas and they absolutely love it. Like they, they're, they're homeschooling their they're homeschooling their grandchild, their grandson, and they are doing such an amazing job. And they're regular listeners, and I love them to death. They're wonderful people. And they are doing such an amazing job. So anyway, and so anyway, you you got to just have one. So go get one. And then finally, Expedition Coffee. X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. And that's the Bible. That's the Bible. No, that is the coffee for our time. The warrior, the warrior in you wants that coffee because it uh, gives you boost of energy in the morning, sustains your mental focus all day long. Really not kidding about that. It's really amazing. And so check that out along with all the other great products on that page, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. They're all designed to work together to build a health ecosystem to reclaim and reestablish our health sovereignty. They work great, really do. The gut health triad, which helps heal and seal your guts from so you don't have leaky gut. You've got the immune XP, which is pinecone-based extract with high levels of vitamin C. You've got a earth, which is a full-body nutrient powder. Mix it with water, drink it once a day. Gives your body all the base nutrients you need. And Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract on the market. I keep it stocked in the cabinet because that one, seriously, I mean, of all of them out there, I love all those products. I use every one of them every day, but that one I keep stocked extra because I've also given it to friends and it has made a difference. So that's one you should have in your medical cabinet. And all that together, Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. All right, I want to just talk in general about some things tonight. We're going to end up digging into Proverbs 5 tonight. But... I want to um, just kind of give some reflective thoughts on a few things. I This very close friend of mine who has been, I, I'm, I can't tell you how blessed we are to have people like him in our, in our community, in our nation. Because this Bard's headquarters is really amazing. And what it's going to become is really amazing. And Right now, it's it's a house and a couple outbuildings, and it's 80 acres of property. And it's, well, it's a beautiful place. And we're going to have Bards Fest on the West Coast here. And there's going to be an East Coast Bards Fest, too. That's going to be led by the Resistance Chicks. But it's all going to be Bards Fest, East Coast, Bards Fest, West Coast. And they're going to be in August, but we haven't set dates and we're going to really stress a lot of camping this year. I just want to press that point. Um, the places we're going to have hotels, all of, you know, my town has hotels, there's hotels around. But the depth of hotels like we had in St. Louis, not like that. And But we really are going to encourage camping and on both coasts and like RVing and stuff like that so people can spend time together. That's really the focus and to kind of get back to basics. And we're working all those details out. And all those details will be following very soon, in fact. We're going to do donation-based again on both of them. So it's, you know, we want to make sure everybody has access. So it's not going to be like buy your $500 seat and get a, 
a pinky shake with somebody famous. I, I'm not doing that. Just not doing it. I, I hate it. You know, I hate it. You know how I feel about it. We're going to do our own ticketing site so we don't have the retards trying to deplatform us again. So all that's being handled. And um, we're going to just really make this our thing because this is Bard's Nation. And we're, I really wanted to be clear that the vision that is coming out of this, which is so profound, is, and I've been moved. I, I really have been. There have been patriots that have reached out in the last 48 hours, 72 hours since I made the comment about Bard's Nation headquarters. And just immediately, like, this is what I have. This is what I want to do, do to help. That's who we are. And what we're going to end up doing with this is we're going to model a way of living, a way of being together, a way of building a new economy, and we're going to do it. No questions, we're going to do it. And we're going to literally show the world how God's children come together, how we will work together, how we will build a new world, our quote, our quote, I'm using this loosely, so don't take offense to it, our promised land, which is our way of living within this world to reclaim this nation under God and to put God back on the throne. And it's, it's going to be like that. So that's the whole beginning vision of Bar's Nation. And I was, I was out there on Sunday again, and I brought my parents and some friends and it was just beautiful to just to experience it and to have them feel what we have felt it was just literally the comments was like this is blessed by God and it is it's a it's truly is a place where you feel God already and you just wait till we put patriots there and we start building out with God in the center of everything we do you watch I mean it's going to be like a geyser of God coming out of there you ever seen that you like a big tower of light blowing out from the ground it'll be something like that but I, I, I think this is the part of this that I'm, I'm, I really want to share is just the, the gift of being intimate with God. I, I walk my day and Christ is like my best friend. And when I walk in this world, and I'm just, this is going to be personal tonight, so I'm just sharing. And it's, this isn't going to be like, I don't, I, I'm just, I always have to put this out there because I'm not out here to challenge anybody's way of how you walk. I'm not going to challenge how you believe in your relationship with Christ. I just want to share a little bit about how I walk. And if that inspires you, great. If you think I'm crazy, that's cool because I, I am at some point. I've got to be. I do three shows a day. <laughs> Come on. You don't think I'm all sane, do you? Just kidding. But anyway, I, I, just want to, I just want to share this tonight. This was really what's on my heart. I, I walk in a way in this world where Christ is literally my best friend. And we talk and I bring things to him. And I really, and I, I labor over a lot of things um, in in when I say labor, making sure that what I do is always in line with God. There's a there's a caution. I, I'm a pretty fast moving person in my life, and I've learned to be a little bit slower in decision making. As I've relied more on getting a clear path from God, 
and making sure Christ with, is with me when I do that. A father and I talk a lot. And it's like when I sit, it's like sitting at a table and Christ is on my right side and father's right before me at the head of the table. That's kind of the way I'd visualize it. And so on that daily walk, but I'm, when we get to that place of like needing to really get an understanding of walking as Christ did, I mean, that's, that's me taking it to God's son. That's a, that's not like buddy, buddy. That's like, okay, uh, need some help here. But on a daily walk, it's like I'm, I've got this amazing brother, is a better way of saying them friend, a brother who is there with me and, and walks with me and really is just such a, an amazing counsel and gift in my life. And so when we talk about this, uh, man, this is, this chokes me up a bit. We talk about this land that was just purchased. It's, you hope it's a lot that happened very fast. And this amazing friend of mine stepped in and just, this is like how it works. You know, he's like, man, I love what you're talking about. And man, do I love what Bards Fest was about. And Man, do I love what Bards Nation represents. I need you to go check out something for me. And he didn't even know it was near me. He said, this is a piece of property that's been brought to my attention. I need you to go look at it. I don't know where it is, but I know it's in Oregon. And I said, "Um, let me check. And I pulled it up and I started laughing. I go, dude, this is like, 30 minutes from my house. He's like, well, then we got to go look at it. I'm like, okay. So I'll be very honest. When I looked at the pictures online, I was kind of rolling my eyes going, this doesn't look too impressive until I got there. And then it was unbelievable. And so as we, I turn up the driveway go up the hill and it sat on where the house is and I look out, I suddenly realized, and I shared this with him later, it didn't even hit me. I shouldn't say it that way. It didn't hit me. I knew what I was looking at. And later we're going through the things and there was some stuff for him that was very meaningful. Very meaningful in the where it was located and stuff like that. And I said, I just made this offhanded comment. I said, you know, it's really amazing. As I said, I sit on the balcony of the house and I look out and I'm looking at Scott Mountain. And he goes, what? <laughs> and I go, oh, that's kind of profound, isn't it? And literally from the house, you look right out and there is Scott Mountain. Scott Mountain's a place up here that I have hunted. It's an awesome place. It has, it's the, one of the big mountains. It has one of the private ham towers on it. It's just a landmark around here. And as you, and you sit and reflect on all that has happened, this is God, how God works. I had someone say to me once, it's like, God does not need money. God needs your trust. I know we know that, but this came from somebody who it was a correct statement at a correct time in my life. Because I think that we get hindered by money. And we also look for these miracles to happen. Like God's going to, and I think the way we visualize some of these is like somehow God's going to drop bags of gold on us or something. Well, this was literally bags of gold being dropped, but from a different, completely different way, because this was somebody who was inspired. 
and wants to be part of it and wants, and in his own words, as exactly what I say. I mean, this is why it's so profound. Because I always say, my money is not my money. My money is God's money. And Christ is there with me to make sure that it is used the way God intends. And that's how I see every dime that I have. And he said the same thing. He's like, it's just, this is Jesus's money. This is why we put it here. I want that to be understood in, in what we're building here because this is God's land. We're stewarding it. And we're going to steward this in an amazing way. And we're going to build stories out of it so everyone can share whether you can be here or not. And we're going to build a vision for a new world. That's the whole premise of this. And the whole premise of Bard's Nation headquarters is that it will not be the first. Stand by just a second. Looks like we're back. It won't be the first. It will be just over time. It will be, hopefully, if we, if I, if this goes as we hope, it will be the inspiration for these sort of places to start cropping up around the country and around the world. Now, there's a person that wrote me an email, a number of them, since I've announced this last Friday, I guess it was. And I'll keep this person anonymous. If you're listening tonight, just know that I got your email and I'm going to be writing you in the next day or so because your vision's beautiful. I want you to hear that. But I want to share his vision with you. And this just came out of that whole thing because he was compelled when he heard about Bard's headquarters. This was his essentially his vision. And I'm, I want him to be able to do this and I want us to help him do this. And we'll get more in detail about this as we go forward. But this was his vision essentially is that we need to do a bended knee or something like that to where people all over the world, but in particular people in Canada, the U S Mexico and Russia all come together at the same time and recite the same prayer at the same time. And I do, I'll do it live and we'll all recite it together. I, I love that idea. And it's literally like hands around the world in a chain. But rather than just doing a chain like that, we're doing it in these beautiful pockets all around the places, which are basically these pockets of Bard's Nation. And if they're not Bard's Nation, they will be after that. But that's, this is a sort of inspiration that this has already sparked and I think what's really important to understand about this sort of thing is we cannot be limited by what we, what we believe can't be done. And I'm really, in partic- really clear what I just said. It's not a contradiction. We limit ourselves too much by what they tell us we can't do. And so we accept it. Well, you can't have a piece of property because you don't have that in your bank account. I, I will be honest, that's never been an issue with me. It, I wouldn't say never. It is no longer an issue with me. I don't walk that way. I figure if God wants it, it will be, it will be made to happen if it's tr- true to what God's needs are and if God agrees with the walk that we're making. And I just encourage everybody to dream big. This, the reason I bring up that email and that vision is it's dreaming big. I mean really big. That's a huge one. Four countries coming together in unison who's singing, stating the same prayer, people all over the world. Yeah, we'll make it happen. And I want you to know that we're going to make it happen. So 
I, I'm encouraging everybody to dream big. Don't limit yourself. And don't be, don't go through a place of like, oh, I dream big, but nothing happened. There's some things about dreams. And I just, as I've walked this with father, and if I'm, if you accept all these things and you think I'm, I'm in no way trying to say like, I've got the answer, but this is some things that I've learned. And then if we don't, if we take our dreams and don't make a plan, then dreams are hard to manifest. We need to have a direction. I told you that in 2018, I was in visiting a friend in Houston, Texas. And I was working, uh, I was still editing on my first film. And I took some time to map out a business plan. And I did something completely different. I've never done it before. And I'm glad I did it and I'll always do it like this again. So what I did is I started out with a page of scriptures that I felt would guide me in the direction I wanted to go in this business plan. And then I set out some general objectives of what I wanted to achieve in this business plan. And that was, they were definable things like, you know, I wanted to do a movie and, or another movie and then publications. And I had in there a podcast, not, not, I had no way of seeing it was going to be this awesome with this many awesome people around it. But I mean, those were things that were in there. And then what I did is I went through and I wrote out the tithing that I wanted to do. I just said, you know, Father, this is these are the things that I want to do. And I had some responsibility things. Like I said, here's some things I need to pay off. And every benchmark that I hit, that I, that I had listed of things that I wanted to pay off, I added a block in there for tithing. So whatever that was, like here's some debt that I want to pay off. And then when I pay off this benchmark, this is how much I want to tithe. These are who I want to tithe and how much I want to tithe them for. And I've pretty much lived by that. And... It's the greatest business plan I've ever written, honestly, because rather than trying to shape a future, I've given a framework and put it to father to, to approve or disapprove. And as we go along, things tweak a bit, like the books I was going to do, they're coming. I keep telling you that they're coming, but that wasn't where he put my priorities. He put my priorities in terms of podcasting and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, and I still get that nudge like you still have that other thing on your list. And I'm like, yes, I do. And, and we're moving that way. This will be a big year for that. But by giving some latitude for, for God to work your business plan, God will work your plan and will shape your plan to what he wants and what he needs from you. So the typical thing with a business plan, if you've ever done one, is like you have the vision statement, the mission statement, and you're, you're like you're drafting all these restrictive elements, you know, and then you get down to like, okay, here's what my product line is going to be. This is how I'm going to market it to people. Um, this is what my marketing plan is. This is what my operations plan is. This is what my production plan is. This is what my initial budget is. This is how much we will project to produce this year. This is what our projections will be in the next two to three years based on this market. I could go on this whole thing, market research. It's What you end up with is a, is a rigid framework that God has no input on. And so businesses are kind of in many ways like trying to 
climb Everest in your socks and your underwear, which doesn't work out really well. And it's not that you can't climb it or succeed, but you're not going to have an enjoyable trip going up. When you take a business plan and frame out your objectives, my experience, my opinion, and you give God input into that, amazing things happen. And you'll often not be at the place you expect it to be. It'll just be greater in so many levels greater. And maybe it's not money greater. And that's the thing. That's a back to this money thing. Don't let money limit you. Because that's one of the big things they do in this culture is they try to tell you that you can't accomplish anything unless you have X dollars. You know, you, you have to save so much money by this time or you won't be able to retire comfortably. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. When we're living through God, it is always that premise. He will provide everything we need. And if we've mapped out a beautiful vision to bring his love into this world and to do things through him and through and walking and through Christ in all of this, there is input then that Father and Christ are giving that allow the plan to grow and allow your vision to grow and to become fruitful. But we have to leave that place open for that to happen. Because if we don't, we are literally bulldozing through life, in my opinion. And I've done it too many times the other way to tell you it's like running a doggone bulldozer. And I don't like, I hate working a bulldozer like that. God's wisdom is unlimited, obviously. And we have to be humble enough to realize that and trusting enough to hand him the keys at times to say, okay, drive. Because I truly believe that Father will drive us to the point where we need to get going and then hand us the keys back but be right there beside us the whole time if we want it. And that's the beautiful thing about shaping visions. We're in a time right now when we have to dream big. Our nation has fallen into the sewer pit. People are worshiping idols of politicians. They're seeking solutions through politicians and lawyers and whatever else they're doing. And too few people are turning to God and saying, okay, there's the part of repenting, but there's the other part of God, guide me and steer me in your vision to reset this nation. That's the work piece. That's the faith gets wheels part. And for me, that's a lot of what Bard's Nation headquarters is going to represent. We've had the seven pillars of county by county. We've talked about them. That's an individual responsibility piece. There's a lot more going to be coming of that. We have to start modeling that. And then we have to start incubating the ideas that others can grab onto and inspiring others to move forward. That in everything we do, it isn't that God becomes an element of our life on Sundays or one hour in the morning or one hour at night or both or whatever that is. It's that everything we're doing is centered around God first. And so that means that when we start with ideas, we have to pray on them. If we're going to do business with people, we want them to be of the same perspective. We want to have God at the center of their lives. We can't be just taking a business partner or whatever is just willy-nilly. We have to be 
very specific about our intentions of where we're going. And that's how we're going to build this nation. This is how we're going to expand this to be a movement. And I want to paint the vision for you tonight. I want you to realize how huge this can be. And in a short period of time. I want you to think about an idea of everybody tied together through a cooperative model. And there's a lot of legal aspects to that, reasonings for that. There's a lot of structural issues that go with that. But essentially, it's people working together to build visions together and to build businesses together, but all in one connected system. And I want you to imagine within that, everything you need is available, whether it's food, clothing, housing, property, even loans. I want you to think in that way. That we're building, we start with crumbs, but we're building an entire financial infrastructure that's all Bard's Nation. And each one of us is doing something in that to create something. We're an engine. And maybe that's handcrafts. Maybe that's you've got skills building circuit boards and we're building our own circuit, whatever things we're doing. But everything is about we are in this network building our own stuff. And it isn't like technology doesn't exist in there because that's not going to happen. But it's that we're always putting God first in everything. So whatever manifests out of there, many things will have to be re-innovative. We'll have to recreate new ways of doing things because when God becomes first, this nonsense of what is the technologies we've been living in, living with, many of them are just Satan-based. So we're just going to dump them in time and we're going to replace them with the right way of doing things the way God would want us to do things. And this, I want you to envision this world in such a way that every single thing that is in this network has been preyed upon. Every single thing has been led by God. Everything that we need in this network, from the food to the items we need, to the clothing we need, to the housing we need, everything has God from the foundation to the finished product. I want you to imagine a world where as this grows, this network grows, we're not relying on outside things. Where if you are making something of steel, then within the cooperative, there is a cooperative area where we're able to extract the ore and, and, for, and smelt the steel to be used. I think this is big, yes. And these visions are massive. And I can, you know, we, I can hear already, I've already heard somebody like, this is, this is crazy. It's like, no, it's not crazy because this is how the colonists begin. And this is how we have to again. But here's the most amazing thing. I want you to envision in 2024 when you've got this push to try to force everybody into a digital ID and there's, say, a million people in this cooperative. And then when you hit that 2026 point, which is another point they're trying to force a digital ID, now that's grown to 5 million. And by the time we get to 2028, it's like 10 million. And by the time you get to 2030, that's like 50 million people. 50 million people that have stepped away from this digital garbage. We're working together. We have found a way to sell our goods and services within this in a legal way. 
It's using, maybe it'll be some crypto, maybe it'll be within a cooperative issued currency of some fashion, whatever that is, this entire system becomes, it doesn't matter if it's tied together geographically, it will be linked together through the various ways that we can. Sovereignty will be at the center of it, and we will be a force of change unlike anything anybody's ever seen because one thing we have said no to them, and the first thing we have done is we have said yes to God on all things we do. This is literally how I see this. And it's a huge vision. And I've taken it to God. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I can hear people say, well, that's going to cost you too much money. I've already had people tell me that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> God's got all the money I need. I don't have to worry about it. I have a vision for my own county. This is a county that has... The Umpqua River starts at the headwaters up at Maydew Lake, and it is in the county, and the same river flows from the headwaters all the way to the ocean. It's a rare thing in a county. In the same county, we have a port that goes to the ocean. We have a, an area where there's a dock system for, for fishing ships. There's a, there's a fishing boat and Coast Guard-style cutter manufacturer in our county. We have ample places for to raise cattle, to grow crops. We have vineyards all over the place. We have cheese manufacturing in our county. We have everything we need in this county. We just have to bring it together. And there's all sorts of people that don't necessarily see that yet. But why not build the vision of what we can be rather than tell ourselves what we are or can't be? And I'm not worried about whether people agree with it or believe in it. I believe in it, and I put it to God. And if God agrees with it, and I'm willing to put in the labor and work with it, then it's literally the parable of the talents. And God will make it work. So I I say all this because... We are nothing more than stewards in this time. And we, what we're needing to do is to use the resources that God gives us to acquire the things or the property or whatever God leads us to do. And as we're listening, God will lead us to get what we need with what we have so that we can use those tools, use that land, use whatever we have to steward something that will help grow the kingdom. And if we go about that in that way, none of us are wasting any time. Everything about our days becomes a process of stewardship. There was a friend of mine, very spiritual, well, not Christian, but very spiritual, but he was also a great artist. And I, I say this because he taught me something that was very, I always stuck, stuck out with me. I had breakfast with him, and he. I was watching him prepare a um, a beautiful breakfast of it was English muffins with melted uh, smoked gouda cheese, and had fresh on, red onion and fresh avocado, and then there was a kind of a chutney that he put on top of it all. 
And I watched him prepare these. And the labor in which he did to make every open-faced sandwich perfect. And I asked him about it. I said, that's, you're spending, I'm just curious about the detail. And he said, everything has to seek the intent and the perfection of what we are wanting. And when we live that way in all things, we truly start to live within the spirit of God. I think he's right. And so we end up going very, very fast. And we forget these things in the pace of the life we're in. We need to learn to slow down a bit. We need to learn to be intentional about everything we do. And that intention has to come from the source of God. And when we do that, and we know when we're off, we all know it because we're all going to do it. We're going to do something like that was dumb. But when we stay in line like that in as much as we can and we keep working towards being in that line with perfection, and that's literally where walking with Christ is just the most amazing part of that walk because Christ is right there within us, around us, all things there. It's like our best friend, our brother, our guide, our counselor. He's right there. And all we have to do is have that conversation. And the more that we open that conversation and get used to that, that's the intimacy that starts to bring Christ to that living being within us. And then we start to see big things happen unexpectedly as we go along because where much, where much is given, much is asked. And as we start to steward each of these little things we do, we're establishing a pattern where more can come. I don't know what Bard's Nation headquarters will look like in a year. I don't know what it'll look like in five years. And I don't know how we're going to get from where we are to where we want to be. But I know that as I have every step now and every breath that I put to it, God keeps pulling back another little layer and saying, this is what you need. And it's really what he needs. This is what I want you to do. I'm like, all right, Father, let's do that. That's incredible. And every time it's perfect. This is a property by all accounts. They had already had an offer on the property when we went in. And by the nature of the offer that we made, this property became Bard's Nation's headquarters in 30 days. There are so many pieces about this I could share. I can't yet because they're private with the business transaction. But I will just assure you that there are so many ways along this path that it had happened that quite, it was unbelievable how God worked constantly, constantly working because we put faith that it would happen and God revealed many things. God tested the core of the commitment to the, to the vision and in the end it was delivered. For me, it was something I didn't think would happen for three or five years. But it's happened now because I'm believing that God needs it. I don't just say that lightly. God wants it and needs it happening. And I hope that message in the coming months as we talk about and build from this 
inspires everyone to listen and to go that way. God is moving in big, big ways right now. And as we seek him and we seek the intimacy with Father, and I talk so much about that, we have to have that intimacy. It is like father, like son, father, like daughter. And we have to have that trust in our daily walk with Christ. It's not sitting in the pew on Sunday and I'll check in next Sunday and I'll be okay. That's not going to work. It has to be that daily around-the-clock conversation. In, I, I find myself waking up at night having conversations with Christ or with Father. I, I labor over things, whatever that is, and he's put on my heart to make sure that I hear him correctly. And sometimes he just laughs at me. It's like, are you, like, are you going to get this done? I'm like, is that really what you want? It's like, how many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I got it. Moving along. Like, hurry up. But there's a lot of that going on right now. And it's a beautiful time for all of that to be. Proverbs 5, my son, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey and smother them in oil is her speech. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to earth. Her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable. She does not know it. To me, that whole passage is about the lack of intimacy with Father. Because so much of our life goes about, we walk without having that intimacy and trust in him and we actually don't ponder our path of life and each of our steps are unstable. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house and you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one. And strangers will be filled with your strength and your hard-earned goods will go to the house of an alien. And you groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say how I have hated instruction and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear for my instructors. I, am, I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of of the assembly and congregation. These passages here are so deep for me because they're getting into a place of using the metaphor of the adulteress, of looking at life as those things we choose which walk away from Father, or the pew in which we sit in the assembly and congregation simply to go through the ritual of being close to Jesus. But when we truly listen to Father, we walk deep within him and walk deep within the body of Christ. There is a fulfillment that our heart feels and we know we're true in that path. Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. 
Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth as a loving hind and graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. His own iniquities will capture the wicked, and he will be held with the cords of his sin. He will die for lack of instruction, and in greatness of his folly he will go astray. We are to stay true to the path and not be allured, not be lured away by the temptations of those things that are foreign to God. And it's too easy to do that. But when we reset everything to putting God first in all things, and that's the vision of Bard's Nation, that everything we do is tied to the breath and voice of Father. And every walk we make, everything we do, everything we are doing is part of the walk with Christ. When all of that happens, we start to become a whole once again. What we create is truly blessed. It's, it reminds me in a certain way of the, some of the drawings that Picasso did late in his life. And they looked very child, childlike. And they asked him about that. And he said, his, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing his quote, was it took me a lifetime to return to the perfection of childhood and the innocence of those eyes. We are trying to reconnect with our Father in such an intimate way that we leave this world behind. We embrace the true gift of what we are, the gift of unlimited potential, the gift to do greater works than He, and to truly walk in this world in such a way that we now reclaim it, expand it, and reset it with God on the throne above us. That's what I hope Bard's Nation becomes as a symbol, and I hope it inspires all those around, and it will grow greater than we can imagine if we trust in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this challenging walk that we're in, with so much being thrown at us in the deceptions and temptations, the fear, the anxieties, the anger, the hatred. Lord, let us drink from your cistern. Let us have fresh water from our own well. Let us be reminded not to stumble to the adulteress of temptation, but rather to walk truly in this path with Christ and through Christ to you, Father. It is so easy for us to be pulled astray when we're not in that grounding and that anchoring. And I think, Father, as we have all begun to appreciate, so much of that has come from perhaps a lack of understanding of what the intimacy with you is. 
And so forgive us, Lord, because all that we seek truly is a true relationship with you as father to son and father to daughter. And we seek that true relationship with Christ as both brother and friend and Lord and Savior. Let us seek that, pursue that, to hear that voice, to integrate that into our walk, to embrace the gifts of the words that were given to us by Christ himself, that we shall do greater works than he, and understand what that means. Not to cast it aside as simply some red-letter language stuck in the Bible, but to embrace truly that those are words given to the royal blood. Father, in this time right now, you have so greatly blessed us all with what we are now proclaiming to be a Bard's Nation headquarters. And so we pray that this will be the wellspring of ideas, an inspiration that everything that we do, everything that we create, everything that we design begins with you and with Christ and in prayer and that you guide each of these steps that we don't wander astray with our own arrogance and egos, but to put to trust and direction in you so that we can gain the wisdom which you offer us so fully and selflessly. We have a lot to learn, Father, and it's bold steps ahead, and we will raise this nation up to put you on the throne once again. For us, you're already there. For this world, they have yet to learn, but they will. So let us be that light on the hill, that lamp without a shade that others can truly see and be drawn to, to be inspired by, to want to emulate, and to want to seek that which is perfection only through you. Guide us, lead us, forgive us for the stumbles we've made. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. So much amazing things ahead. So many amazing things ahead. And it's something to feel good about because in all of this fight, there just hasn't been a lot of good news. But when God moves, he moves mightily. And God's moving. And God's moving with some great news. And that great news isn't just this small little patch of land for Bard's Nation headquarters. It's all within us. We just have to listen. He's there. Reach, and he shall provide. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers need to be drilling us into that rock of faith, building that intimacy with Father, letting him speak deeply to us so that we can understand what he needs from each of us, and so that we can continue to move fearlessly, knowing that he will provide all that we need. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And God always wins. We are in this time and in this place, however, for a reason, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Have a blessed night, patriots. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, and out for now. All this time we had.
Something to find. 